Hey Aggies, what is up? Happy freaking Tuesday. This is JC Caldwell and you are listening to Between the Lines. I'm really excited for this week's episode. I do have a guest today. It's going to be Ethan Conley. He's the student advocate VP here at USU. So make sure that you stay tuned for the statesman section. Let's just hurry and get through sports and events real quick. But I do have an announcement to make. Next Tuesday, um, I will not have my show, and that's because I will be doing my hour-long Valentine's broadcast on Monday instead of next Tuesday. So make sure you're listening to Aggie Radio all day on Monday on Valentine's Day because we have a special 12-hour Valentine's Day broadcast, and you can also dedicate a song to a lover or a heartbreaker. So that's a lot of fun. Make sure that you're staying in tune with that. So for sports from this week... Gymnastics had a meet against Southern Utah and Ball State. And of course, are we even surprised Utah State came out with the win? Um, Utah State Gymnastics had a score of 196.425. Southern Utah had a score of 195.550. And Ball State had a score of 194.350. And that's not the only Aggies that took a win this week. Men's basketball also took a dub against UNLV on Saturday, um, 90-75. to Let's go, Aggies. Woo-woo. Um, women's basketball also played UNLV. It was kind of like a back-to-back doubleheader game with men's and women's basketball. Unfortunately, women's basketball lost 60-72. to Um. But that's okay. Next time. Next time. Um, The hockey game for this week was postponed. I'm not sure why. Probably most likely COVID. I feel like that's a pretty um, good um, assumption, I guess. I don't know, but I'm not sure on that. Um, Men's tennis also had a match on Saturday against Weber State and won 5-2. So let's freaking go Aggies. So, So proud of us. We're just killing it with everything. Go sports. (laughs) Um, Moving into events. Um, Tonight we have an Aggie Heroes event. And that's going to be in the TSC Ballroom from 7 to 8 p.m. It's just a chance to kind of share diverse stories, promote inclusion. Um, Will kind of be cool to hear people stand up and share some experiences. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea, actually. And then tomorrow there's a movie night um, for Black History Month on Old Main. Well, not on Old Main, actually. In Old Main, room 323L. Um, yeah, and that's going to be from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, and it's put on by one of the fraternities on campus. So that'll be cool. Who doesn't love a good movie? And especially when it's for Black History Month. That's really cool. And then on Thursday... Um, it's Huntsman Diversity Day. So um, it's going to be in the Huntsman, obviously, um, from 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. And James Morales is actually going to be speaking at that. Um, the Inclusion Center will be there. And the best part, free pizza. I love pizza. And it's even better when it's free. So don't miss out on that. And then also on Thursday, um, we have Superhero Trivia. I love trivia, and I love superheroes, so (laughs) I don't know who else doesn't. It's going to be at the ARC from 6 to 7 p.m., and it's going to be kind of a trivia on, like, DC and Marvel movie stuff. Um, I honestly know nothing about either of those because I haven't seen, like, any of the movies except, like, two of them. 
But I would still love to go because I love trivia and I'm super competitive. So, as you can imagine, even though I haven't seen any of those movies, I'll be there trying to win. <laughs> and now moving into some exciting part of the show, the statesman part. Okay, guys, so as I mentioned earlier, I have Ethan Conley as a guest today, our student advocate, BVP. Woo! I love Ethan. He's so much fun, and I appreciate him coming on. Um, I brought him on the show today because um, you might have noticed in the Statesman this week, it's our Valentine's edition, and we did that a week early before Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day is on the beginning of the week next week, so it kind of didn't make sense to have a whole week of Valentine's Day stories if Valentine's Day would have been over. And next week we have an elections week. Well, our elections edition week of the Statesman. Um, And I had already kind of done not a Valentine's Day episode, but I have my Valentine's Day broadcast on Monday and kind of did like a love stories were states episode with Bailey two weeks ago. And so I thought it would be great to have Ethan come on and we can talk about elections since a bunch of candidate profiles and features, including his, will be in the Statesman next week. So, Ethan, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Okay. It's good, to, great to be on the show, JC. I love being on the show. So, yeah, I'm Ethan. I serve as a student advocate for USUSA. And uh, that's pretty much all there is to me. I, I do those two things, be myself and uh, be a, the student advocate, and then I just sleep for the rest of the time. Okay. I'm sure Ethan does a lot more. He works so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ethan, go ahead and start by kind of explaining what your role is as a student VP, student advocate VP, and what your responsibilities are within that position. Absolutely. So um, it's a really cool position. It's actually one that I don't think um, a lot of people are really aware of what it does, but the student advocate is mostly um, a, like a go-between between the administration and also represents student issues to local and state government. So uh, the My Voice program, like when students send in either comments or, or complaints or, or just requests, uh, I represent those concerns uh, to to faculty, to you know college officials, things like that. Uh, we also run a lobbying program for students called the Government Relations Council um, that helps students get informed about civic issues. And we're also actually we're really something really cool. We're lobbying right now at the Capitol um, for increased funding for mental health resources. So yeah, that's it's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, So I know that you are also running for that position again next year. So, I mean, you must have had a good experience with it this past year. Um, Do you want to kind of explain that or that experience that you've had this past year and what this position has kind of meant to you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's been it's been a total blast. I am. I've always been really passionate about civic issues. Um, I've been really passionate about trying to, you know, represent uh, I guess students. So this was kind of just a way for me to do that. We we got to talk about a lot of the you know issues that I think students are passionate about. So we uh, we had like a cool event. Um, it was called the Why Are We So Divided panel, and it brought together people from a bunch of different backgrounds, um, all with the purpose of trying to help display how healthy dialogue between people that disagree looks. Uh, we've also done some other events. Like I said, we're lobbying right now, which is super cool. Um, yeah, so that's, that's just some of the things I really enjoyed about the role and, and some of the things that, one of some of the reasons I'm, I'm glad I got to do it. 
Yeah, awesome. And so election season is upon us, and I always see. I remember last year as a freshman, like walking around, and I would see people campaigning in the freezing cold out there all day with like a booth trying to promote themselves, stuff like that. That's what I think of when I think of like election season. How busy do you really get? Because like I've wondered, oh my gosh, are they actually standing out here in the freezing cold all day? How busy do you get during election season, and how much effort really is it to campaign for yourself? Um, I want to be positive here, but uh, I'll be honest. Election season is not my favorite part of uh, the role. Um, so to, to kind of frame it, it's kind of like preparing for a test that you're really nervous about, but you don't know what the answers are. So you just study and study and study, and you never know if you finished. Because, I don't know, elections is kind of this weird thing where you put in so much work and you just don't know if you've persuaded enough voters, right, to make it happen. So... I, I guess it's 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 a lot of work, like it's a big time commitment, but I think more than anything is the not knowing if you've done enough. Wow, that's actually a good point. I never really considered that. So is it more like trying to persuade people and get your name out there, or is it more just trying to be like getting your face known so that people recognize you? That's, that's a good question, actually. I, I'll be honest, I think that there is a small and important demographic of people that are really focused on like platform issues. Um, but a lot of students are just so busy that it's hard to like get them to like really connect to the issues. So you just kind of have to put your, put your face and name out there and hope that that's, I mean, I guess enough when they go to the ballot. Yeah. And I know that elections look different this year because now all other USU campuses are being included in these elections for this year. So has that made campaigning harder for you or what has kind of been your experience with this adjustment? That's a really good question. So my position is one of the ones that now has statewide voting and like trying to figure out how exactly to market yourself to statewide campuses has been, I mean, tricky, right? Because like they're not close. Uh, The one's in Price and the other one is in Blanding for like in-person campuses and the other ones are kind of spread throughout the state. So Social media and like networking is kind of how you try and do that, but it, it really seems almost impossible. Yeah, has it been like a lot more work? Have Have you seen you like and other officers trying to use social media a lot more this year? Oh yeah, I mean, some of the stuff they've done this year, I, I've noticed like every candidate has a survey to like figure out student issues. Um, people have made websites, which I think is probably pretty new. Have you ever seen that before, JC? I hadn't before this year, but I saw Clara did, yeah. Yeah, and then I think Mikey, too, the other presidential candidate. So I think, yeah, that might be one. And I, I think that's partially probably in response to the need for a statewide push is is you've seen these, like, onlines. And probably seen probably more promos this year as well. I don't know if you've seen that, too, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, awesome. I think it's cool that we have all of these, you know, statewide canvases involved, too. Um, One of kind of the downfalls that I was kind of thinking of is, like, these people from other campuses can run for president, like, can be the president. However, do you think that that would ever even be possible? Because, I mean, so many more people, I feel like, recognize those, because Logan's the biggest campus, so, like, don't you think that Logan has a huge advantage? Do you think that that's definitely a disadvantage to having this statewide election? Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly probably being more honest than I should be here, but I think the logistics of being like, say you're from Price or from Blending or one of the campuses that does meet in person, say, I don't know, somewhere for like Uinta Basin. 
you would have to run a campaign that was just unbelievable. But I really don't think it's impossible necessarily, especially I think sometimes you might even have like the assumption that because you're in Logan, it, you've got it guaranteed. But I know that, you know, there's always room for, for like an underdog, right? If, if somebody takes it for granted. So. Yeah, that's true. That is a really good point. Um, so sometimes running for any position can be super intimidating. I remember even like in junior high or high school, like when we would have like elections for like student body officers, I'm like, that sounds really cool. Like I would want to be like one of those people, but it's like, well, that's scary. Like, or even like thinking how much work it is like, oh, I don't have time to campaign or it's like embarrassing if I lose and then it's rejection. Um, at least that's kind of the feelings that I felt because I've always been like, oh, what if I ran for that? No, I, I can't do that. I won't win anyway. So what would you say to those students who are kind of on the edge but are kind of nervous to even run? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, I think, honestly, I'd say, one, your concerns are valid. Um, it, it's it's hard. <laughs> but I'll say this. Like last year, I was just a little baby boy. Um, I was, I think it was my third semester. I didn't, I barely knew anything about my position, right? I'd been a year on the government relations council, but it was during COVID. So, you know, things were a little different. Um, I wasn't very experienced in the university, didn't know a lot of people. And so it was a pretty big task ahead of me. Um, but, but I'll be honest, I think, I think, you know, little sophomore Ethan in his first semester can do it. I think anybody can, to be honest, you've just, you meet friends, you find people that'll help you out. Um, and, and if you've got passion, um, for the position, even if you don't know a lot, don't have a lot of experience, I think people will recognize that rally around you. And I think that, yeah, with, with hard work and passion, there's not a position you can't run for. I like that. And I think that I would definitely agree. Support is a huge part of that because I remember coming to college. I did not really get involved in high school. I, I was on the soccer team, but that's about it. Um, and I was super shy. And so coming to college, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I can't see myself getting involved. And then I got this newswriter job by accident. I didn't even know what I was applying for. And I was like, okay, too shy to say no anyway. But I'm glad because I love it. And it helped me figure out my major. But anyway, and then just taking the opportunities. Because I remember my boss, the news manager, she was graduating. And they were trying to find people to apply for her position. And I was like, there's no way I'm qualified to do that. Like, you underestimate yourself. And I'm like, just do it. Why not? And here I am. And I'm the news manager. And it's opened up so many opportunities. It's allowed me to get so much more involved. And I think it's just because of those people who do believe in you and do support you and want you to do those things. So I think that it applies to even running for, like, these election positions. But, like anything so i really like that answer that's good well i totally agree with you jc sort of <clears throat> i know you've got another question but i just want to say like i like the ususa officers are all super competent and like really cool but they're also goobers like i want to emphasize that point like even if, if you don't feel qualified odds are you might not be and that's okay because really nobody's prepared for it so i just thought you made a really good point as well yeah and what is one thing that you think people look for in officers that they vote for um, I know that when I didn't know any of the candidates, I honestly would vote off looks like who looks <laughs> like they would be a good <laughs> in this position. Um, but knowing a lot more now, I don't do that. But do you think that people look like, oh, how many things were, have they been involved in? Do you think that that's a huge factor when students vote? 
So I really think a lot of it comes down to, because you're right, like, like students, super busy, are not probably going to take a lot of time to read through your qualifications or your platform points. One thing I think you can kind of judge just off looks is authenticity, right? I mean, I think people value a candidate that is willing to be honest about what they want. They um, are genuine in, in their desire to serve. And I think that that quality more than anything else is, is what connects a candidate to, to voters. Right. And I agree. What would you say is the hardest part about being a USUSA officer? It's a good question. Hmm. Hmm. This is where you get to spill all of the dirt and secrets on USUSA. All the tea. Ooh, <laughs> do we get into the do we get into the drama? Okay. I'm going to dox all my other officers. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> no, I really think the hardest part is probably the learning curve. Um, just, you know, there's things like leadership. You've never had to lead a committee and, and plan events before. At least I never had. Um, lobbying. I don't know what, you know, 22-year-old has ever had to lobby before, you know, or teach people how to lobby, but I never had, and, and that was super tricky. So there's just all these skills that you maybe don't think of that you have to learn. And I think maybe the other hard part about that is just figuring out what students care about, you know. Um, it's hard to connect with people. They don't always want to tell you what's going on with them, at least in my position. Um, and that, that requires a lot of work. So, yeah. Yeah, and as the Student Advocate VP, obviously you want to give students a voice and properly represent that. Um, throughout this past year, how do you think you've done that? Have you been talking to students? Do you do surveys? How do you know what students need if they aren't straight up telling you? That's a really good point. I mean, it, and sometimes they kind of do through my voices, but those are infrequent. Um, so, you know, I think really it comes down to I've, I've just tried to – to, to get to know a lot of students across, you know, different colleges, different organizations, like in the inclusion center and stuff, just to try and, I, I feel like if they know you on a personal level, you'll talk to your friend about what's wrong with you, but you might not talk to some dude in a blue polo, right? <laughs> so um, that's kind of been my strategy. We have some other things that we think will work well next year. We've, we've done like surveys, like after events, you know, where it's like, hey, you know, send in a my voice and you'll get, you maybe get a gift card or something. And so more kind of clever marketing things like that are important. But I think it, it just comes back to doing your best to like genuinely connect with people on, on like a personal level and then um, try and help them best you can. Yeah. And I honestly think that you do a great job of that and just being kind. And even like at events, you would always come up and talk to me, even if we weren't like super close or knew each other super well and so I've always noticed that about you and so I think that you do a great job of that um I was trying to think of kind of like a fun question to like end this and I'm just looking up at this question of the week that um our live programming director Audrey Flood has put up so I'm just gonna ask you that what new item should they add to the quick stop Ethan <laughs> okay do you want kind of a lame answer um so I think it should be deodorant, and I'll tell what? you why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So there was I, – I had to be – I was a facilitator at the Aggie Blue Leadership Conference, and I woke up at the crack of freaking dawn, and I, I was, like, running out of the house, and then I panicked. I had this moment where I'm already at campus, and I'm like, oh, no. I forgot my deodorant, which is just – that's like an Avengers level threat right there. That's retcon one, baby. <laughs> so 
I like didn't know what to do. I I was like, this is bad. I mean, this is gonna be a sweaty day. So I mean, it was August, right? Mm-hmm. I ended up calling my little sister. Only thing she had was her deodorant, so I wore little lady deodorant for the rest of of the day. But had the quick stop had it, JC, that entire crisis could have been averted. Wow. If only, if only we'll have to, we'll have to make sure that happens. We'll have to like sign a petition to get deodorant in the quick stop. So we should tell the student advocate about it. Honestly, yeah. that guy's not doing his job. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ethan. I appreciate you taking the time to answer some interview questions for us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, JC. Thanks. All right. So awesome. I'm so glad that Ethan was able to come on. And now we'll go ahead and move into our Logan segment. So this was kind of interesting to me and actually good timing because last week I actually got a parking ticket. Wah, wah, wah. Really sad. I got a parking ticket last week. I was so sad about it. Anyway, and then after that happened, I got on kind of like the Herald Journal and saw that this article had been written. Um, about how Logan has actually raised their parking fines. And so the Logan City Police Department kind of um, proposed this. Um, so I guess it's being proposed. It hasn't officially gone through. But parking violations currently have a fine of like 20 to $25. Um, and then if you don't pay it within that first 10 days, it goes up to like 40 to 45 And so now a parking ticket instead of 20 to $25 is going up to $35. And then if you don't pay that within the first 10 days, it's $55. And so I'm going to make sure that I am not in a place where I can get a parking ticket anymore because I am not about to pay $35 or even $55 if I forget to pay it. No, I don't think that I would. But anyway, that's besides the point. So that's definitely something to watch out for. Um, It kind of was just a decision by police... Um, just because their current software provider for parking enforcement wasn't really working out, I guess. Um, anyway, so that's something to be aware of in Logan. Also, something that I kind of want to mention is me and my one of my writers, Michael Popa, we're working on this story right now that's kind of happening. I, it's not necessarily Logan, it's USU, but I think that it's important to mention. So um, for those of you who don't know... USU made the decision to get rid of, or I guess suspend, in the dean's words, um, suspend um, a deaf education program. Um, So basically this program is what gives students a master's degree to be able to teach sign language um, and teach deaf students, like deaf kids um, who are children, like teach them how to speak and, well, how to talk and communicate with other people. And so I think that that is really cool, but we no longer have this program and it's been affecting a lot of people and a lot of people have gotten quite upset about this decision. Um, We were approached by one student who was in the program who is super upset about it. Um, Me and Michael have interviewed some people who are deaf and are a part of that deaf community And they're super upset because they know how important it is to have those teachers. I did an interview last night with um, the superintendent for the Utah schools for the deaf and the blind. And she is super upset about it just because she called USU her pipeline for teachers. 
Um, she needs teachers to teach these deaf students, and she always got them from Utah State, said that Utah State, you know, has always provided quality teachers. And so it's kind of like this super upsetting thing. A petition has been started, and so that story is definitely in the works and definitely something that's going on in our community. And I know that, at least for me, I'm not surrounded by the deaf community um, really ever. I don't I don't have anyone in my family who's deaf or really experienced that. So it's kind of been a cool experience to be exposed to that and try and understand that these things that are happening are really affecting this group of people. So just be aware of that. That's going to be a story coming out and something going on. And moving into our last segment, headliners, let's go. Okay, so I only have one for this week, and honestly, it's because a lot of the odd news headlines that I found this week weren't super interesting. Like, a lot of the ones that I find are kind of like, oh, someone won the lottery, or a lot of them are like, oh, this person broke this record, which isn't always super interesting, but I did find one that's kind of (laughs) uncommon, or at least I hope it's uncommon, And so I just have one for you guys today, but um, the headline reads, quote, Ohio family sues health clinic for allegedly impregnating mom with strangers sperm, end quote. And actually, first of all, I'm going to mention that I've learned in my journalism classes that the word allegedly, you're not supposed to use that in journalism. So anyway, just going to leave that there. (laughs) Anyway, so this is super interesting because... Um, it's like about this mom or this couple and they have like a daughter and she's like grown up. Like I th- she looks in this picture. It doesn't say her age, but she looks like she's 19 or 20 or like it definitely I think beginning of college. Anyway, and the article article reads that like leading up to Christmas 2020, um, the the wife or no, not the wife, the daughter um Wait, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so she's married. This daughter is married. And so her and her husband asked her parents um, for Ancestry.com kits before they went to Europe so that they could, you know, they thought that it would be cool if they could track down some relatives that they had potentially in Europe and that they could meet up with them and meet them actually in Europe, which is really cool. And so um, once they got the DNA test results back, um, they didn't find any relatives in Europe, but they it did come back saying that the father who had raised her was not actually her biological father, which was like obviously a huge shock to them. So they did further testing and it turns out that this daughter, they found her biological dad and um, he confirmed that he and his wife were patients at this at the same fertility doctor as this daughter's raised parents in 1991 and so it was like this crazy thing where it's like this guy raised his daughter this whole time thinking it was his daughter and then finds out that they're not even related by blood which blows my mind I don't I can't imagine that feeling of raising this girl like thinking it's yours and of course it doesn't change that fact like this daughter still knows her dad to be the one who raised her like that is her dad but it's still mind-blowing to me like I can't imagine that feeling that he must be feeling or even 
her feeling like just the whole family and it's definitely not something you hear of every day so that's why I shared that one today but um we're out of time thank you so much for listening so glad that y'all stayed on to hear Ethan Conley I think that he had a lot of really great insights I don't know a ton about elections I've learned a lot more through news and um, there's so many different positions within USUSA and a lot of different roles that people are running for. So I think it's good that we get to hear from the student advocate VP who his sole purpose, like his job is to make sure that we have a voice and that students are represented. So I'm really glad that he was able to come on today and don't forget next week. Don't, well, I'm not going to say don't listen on Tuesday because I love Aggie Radio. Always listen to Aggie Radio. But make sure to tune in on Monday on Valentine's Day for the broadcast of love. I love it. I just love Valentine's Day in general. I seriously think it's my second favorite holiday next to my birthday and and Christmas. So tied for second, maybe third. Anyway, doesn't matter. Thank you guys so much for listening. And hopefully you'll tune in on Monday. Everyone have a good day.